Baptist Church. Thank you for connecting with us. In just a moment, Pastor Jeff will be sharing an uplifting and encouraging message that we pray will inspire you in your walk with God. Our desire at MOF PHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that he will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Today I want you to go ahead and open up your Bibles uh, to the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 9 and I'm going to be focusing in on verses 35 uh, through 38. I know some of you have your Bibles, may have it on your phone, uh, whatever device you have, but Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 38. This past week, um, I was, you know, just seeking the Lord, asking the Lord, what, what would you want to say to the church this Sunday? What is it that's on your heart that you would want to communicate to the church? And and I really sensed that God was wanting to speak to us today, but more so uh, probably to me uh, more than anyone uh, what he was trying to talk to me about, and I hope that it will be a challenge to you as well. But there was this one word that kept coming up all through the week, and, and it was the word harvest. Say harvest. It was the word harvest that kept coming up to, uh, to my mind. So I want to share a few thoughts this morning, just build around uh, that word harvest that I believe the Lord has laid on my heart. Uh, if you were here this past Wednesday night in our prayer service, we had missionary Ron Roy here. And Brother Ron Roy delivered a powerful message Wednesday night. A powerful message. And he was testifying about how God is, is working in, in Mexico and, and places around Mexico like Belize and, and Guadalajara. And, and Brother Ron, he testified and he said these words here. And this is really where the confirmation came. He says that we are experiencing a great harvest of souls in these areas. He said, we're experiencing a great harvest of souls in all of these places. That means there's, there's people that are, that are coming to Christ. And we praise God that he's experiencing that harvest there because there's been, a, there's been a lot of seed sown and a lot of tears sown and a lot of work that's been done, and they're experiencing a harvest. Praise the Lord. And so as I prayed and asked the Lord, what would you want to say? Uh, I just want to give you this title today to this message, The Lord of the Harvest the Lord of the harvest. You see, Jesus told us in his word that there was gonna be a great harvest, amen. There's gonna be a great harvest. There's gonna be a great harvest. There's been a great harvest through the uh, history and there's gonna be a great harvest coming again in these last days. Do you believe that? I do, that there's gonna be a great harvest. We're already experiencing that. And Jesus tells us about this harvest here in Matthew chapter nine. Let me read it to you. Matthew the tax collector, is he's writing here and he's sharing and then Jesus picks up at the very end and begins to speak. He says that Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. That's a sermon right there, isn't it? Jesus can heal all sickness and disease. And when he saw the crowds, verse 36 says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then Jesus says these words in verse 37. He says, then he said to his disciples, his followers, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord or pray to the Lord of the harvest, 
therefore to send out workers into his harvest field. Let us pray. Our Father, we thank you for your son Jesus who is the Lord of the harvest. And God, we know there's a great harvest around us and we pray that today, God, knowing your word is active, sharper than a two-edged sword, that it would cut through us and begin to change us and transform us, oh Lord. God, we know your word will not return void. And God, this is something that you have spoken to me. God, I pray for your anointing to communicate it, God. Help me physically in my body right now, Jesus. Help me, Lord, spiritually, God. I pray for everyone that's under the sound of my voice, that you would anoint our hearts and minds and ears. And God, that you would challenge us today, O oh Lord. God, to be mindful of a great harvest that is around us. God, help us today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The Lord of the harvest, the Lord of the harvest, he is, he's given us a word here in Matthew chapter nine that there will be a harvest that is plentiful in the last days. He's telling us here in Matthew that there's going to be some indicators that there's a harvest that's plentiful around us. What is the indicators? He says in this scripture that he looked out and he saw people that looked like sheep without a shepherd. He says there's going to be some indicators that there's a harvest around us. There's going to be people out there that are harassed and they're helpless. Some translations say there's gonna be people out there that are despised and dejected. And friend, look around in the world today and tell me what you see. You see people walking around like sheep without a shepherd. You see people walking around helpless and hopeless and harassed. And that tells me, friend, that we're living in a harvest time today. And the Lord of the harvest gives us these indicators and we see it, we, we, we saw it uh, you know, in many different ways throughout history, when calamity comes to a nation, uh, people go around helpless and harassed and, and people go around like well, sheep without a shepherd. We saw it at 9-11. We saw how during that time that, that people were flocking to the churches uh, and then they were having, you know, prayer vigils and all these things and then six months to a year later, it's all gone. But we're at a place, I believe, friend, where there, there, it may take another calamity. I don't know what it's going to take, but I do know right now around us, there's helpless and hopeless and harassed people going around like sheep without a shepherd. And that tells me there's a great harvest around us. Jesus is telling us there's a great harvest. There's a great harvest. Do you know why there's a great harvest? Because everyone needs Jesus. Everyone needs Jesus. Every one of you here today, including myself, we need Jesus. Every hour, I need thee. And we need Jesus. We need him because he's our savior. There's a great harvest around us. There's a great harvest of children that need to be reached. That's why that bus and that van take off on Wednesday nights. That's why we have children's church going on now because there's a great harvest of children that need to be reached. There's a great harvest of teenagers that need to be reached. Man, if you would just realize the, the, the calls and the contacts that come into this church for prayer for our teenagers, young people who have the world and all their dreams in front of them and many of them don't even want to live. There's a great harvest out there for teenagers. God, help us to reach them. There's a great harvest of women out there. There's a great harvest of men who need to be reached and saved. Our family, our, our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, 
our classmates, anyone from anywhere who does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior is part of this great harvest. And we know right here, you can put that slide up of the 3,000. They're right here in our own very backyard in Mount Olive. There's, there's 3,000 unchurched or unsaved people around us. I believe the number's higher than that. That in a, in a radius around our church, there's 3,000 unsaved people right here in our own backyard. There's a great harvest right here in Mount Olive. And Jesus, he has a vision for this church to, to bring in that great harvest. Ron Roy on Wednesday night, man, that, that word he gave, it was just something that really started speaking to me. He gave us a word Wednesday night and he said this phrase over and over and over again. God's vision should be the church's mission. God's vision should be the church's mission. And our mission here, you can put that slide up, is God's mission. Now, it's, it's his vision and our mission to seek the lost and serve the suffering and share life together. That's how we're going to reach the harvest. That's how we're going to reach the harvest. We're going to seek the lost. We're going to go after them. We're going to crank up the buses, crank up the cars, and we're going to go after them. We're going to serve the suffering. We're going to bring families in. It don't matter who they are, what they're going through. We're going to bring them in. We're going to bless them. We're going to serve the suffering, and we're going to share life together so they can grow spiritually. And Jesus reminds us how we do that. How do we do that? How do we do that? How do we fulfill God's vision here in this church. If we're going to carry out God's vision, we need to do some things here. And I want to just take a few minutes and share with you. We need to love the lost. Church, we need to love the lost. I said we need to love the lost. I hope you hadn't forgot about the grace of God in your life. I mean, at one time, all of us were lost and without God. But thank God for his grace today. Amen. We need to have a love for the lost. Verse 36 says that when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion on people. The mission that Jesus had, he always expressed and demonstrated God's love to all people, not just a few people, not just certain people, but Jesus had a mission and that was to express and demonstrate the love of God. He loved people. Jesus loved people, lost people. He loved confused people. He loved helpless people. He loved needy people. He loved hopeless people. He loved broken people. He loved sick people. He loved rejected people. Jesus loved all people. I'll never forget, <clears throat> some years ago, uh, I had made a connection with a guy in Celebrate Recovery, and, and I just remember, man, he would get on my everlasting nerves. I mean, it was like, you know, you're trying to pull him along and walk him along and he's doing good and then he takes about 10 steps and goes back the other way. And it's like a vicious cycle over and over and over. We call it what? Insanity. And I remember, I was like, I finally got a chance. It was right around Christmas time and I remember him sitting down and talking to me and he started like going back when he was just a little boy around Christmas time and how he had gone through, his family had gone through a divorce and he had been neglected and all these bad things had happened to him. And I'm sitting there, man, and my heart all of a sudden just begins. I'm like, I've been so aggravated and mad at this guy because he hadn't been able to get it, but then my heart began to be broken for him because he had been through so much in his life. 
And friend, Jesus, he, he, listen, he looks at us and he wants to know what we're going through. He loves us no matter how messed up we are. He loves us and he loves all people and we need to love all people. My question this morning to you is, and this is, this is to Jeff Dale, maybe not to you, but if it is, let it apply where it needs to be. Do, do, you, really, do you really love lost people? Do you, do you really love it or are you just saying you love it? But do you really love lost people? Do you really care that people are dying without Christ and going to hell every day? Do you really care? This is the conversation that God's having with me. Do we, do we, do we really care? Do you, Jeff, Dale, really care? Do you know hell is real? Do you know people are leaving here every day without Christ? What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to do to go get them? God, help us. If we're going to reach those that are lost, we have to have the love of God in our life. We need to have the love of God for all people. We need to love people. And listen, loving people, it's not just words. It is words, but it's about action. It's about action. Jesus demonstrated his love through expressing it. He was, listen, I just read to you in the scriptures that he was willing to go and meet their, their physical needs. If they were sick or if they were hurting, he was there to meet their physical needs. He was there to meet their spiritual needs. He was willing to move to these people. He was willing to go to these people. It was something that was expressed through action, his love. He was always serving the suffering. Jesus was always serving the suffering. Aren't you thankful he serves the suffering? And see, that's what love is. Love is action. Love will move you. Love will move you to help somebody. Listen, love will move you to, to help somebody. Maybe somebody is going through a hard time in their life and, and they're not able to, to pay their bill. I don't know. Maybe they need gas to get them back and forth to work. The Lord, will, will you listen, love will move you to help them. Love will move you to cook something for somebody who's been through a, a, a tragedy or been through a, a surgery. Love will move you to help someone. Love will move you to share Christ with someone. Love will move you to invite someone to church. Love will move you to go pick them up and bring them to church. Love will move you to make a friend with somebody that no one else wants. That person that's always getting on everybody else's nerve and nobody wants to be around them. Love will help you make a friend to that person and let them so you can share Christ with them. Love will move you. Love will move. Aren't you grateful that love moves somebody to come to you and to share the Lord with you? Has there been, has there been times when, when God's love was demonstrated to you through the actions of somebody else? You know, I, I'm probably too transparent sometimes on this stage, but I, I will never forget. Uh, my wife and I, we were expecting a child, and, and Lisa, we, we lost the baby. We lost the baby, and I, I'll never forget. We, we didn't want nobody. Don't listen. We, you call, pray, whatever. Don't come to the house. We don't need nobody here right now. And lo and behold, here comes Soldier Ann Bartlett. She came there and all she had was a smile and hugs and a big old plate of chocolate chip cookies and said, you know what, we love y'all and we're praying for you. And it was just the greatest thing. It was something that really touched her heart, but it was love and action, trying to help someone. So praise the Lord that love will move you, but not only will it move you through action, but love will move through your words too. Love will move through your words. We have a message of love to declare to this lost world. 
We have a message of love. It's John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believeth him shall not perish, but what? Have eternal life. It's a message of love. It's a message of love that God said that he demonstrated his own love for us even in this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. It's a message of love. We're loving with our actions and we're loving with our words. We have the greatest love message of all to tell the lost world that Jesus came and died for your sins and my sins. He went to a cross that we deserved. He took our place to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are saved. Hallelujah and forgiven. We have a wonderful message of love that that love will tell you that you can have a new peace. That peace won't come from no liquor bottle or no something you put in your body. It's a peace that comes from God. You can have a new joy, a joy that'll be your strength when you're going through some battles in your life. You can still have a joy that'll keep you going, friend. It's a message of love. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. It's the power of God. It's a message of power. It's good news. It's a message of love that we need to be telling. Matthew told us here in Matthew chapter 9 that Jesus went around. It's good for you when you're reading your Bible to read different translations while you're studying. Pull in different ones and, and you'll see that he went around preaching. Some say he went around announcing. Some say he went around declaring the good news. He declared the good news. And friend, listen to me this morning. Listen to me, my all First PH Church family. We need to be people who are announcing the good news because we're going into a time, friend, there's people all around us that are harassed and they're helpless and they're like sheep without a shepherd. There's a great harvest around us. The Bible says in Romans 10, 14, how then can they call on the one whom they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can they hear unless there's somebody announcing? How can they hear unless somebody is declaring the word of God? We must love people enough to tell them the good news. And we need to love the lost with our actions and with our words. And we also, from what I've read to you today out of Matthew, not only do we need to love the lost, we need to be looking for the lost. We need to be looking for the lost. Verse 36 says that God saw. He saw. He saw. He had a vision for the lost. He was looking for the lost. And if you look in the scriptures, you'll see uh, in Luke chapter 15 where Jesus gives these parables to describe how he's always looking for the lost. You remember the story of the, the, the hundred sheep and, and one got away and he left the 99. And what did he do? He went after that one. He went after that one, and when he found that one, he says, I rejoice in the one that I have found. And then Jesus turns around and tells a story about the lady. She has ten silver coins, and, and she has these ten coins, and she loses one. And then she goes on this, this mad search to find that one coin, and she finally finds that one coin, and it says that she rejoices that she's found that one that was lost. And then finally, we all know, how the father in the story of the prodigal son was looking for his son, his wayward son, to return home. And when he finally came home, he threw a huge party 
And he says, the one that was lost has now been found. And that's the heart of our Christ. That's the heart of Jesus. He's always looking. He's always looking. He's always looking for the lost. He tells us in Luke 19 that I have come. My mission was to come to seek and save the lost. He came looking for the lost. He's looking for those perishing and those that are away from God. I want to tell somebody here this morning, friend, that by his Holy Spirit, he is here this morning and he's looking for you. You may have showed up today and spiritually you're lost and spiritually you're as far away from God as you could ever be. I got some good news for you today that Jesus is looking for you. He's looking for you. He's looking for you and he wants to save you. He wants to rescue you. You know why? Because he loves you. He loves you. Aren't you grateful that Jesus is looking for you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's looking for you. You remember in John chapter 4 how Jesus was looking for the lady at the well? You remember that story? He goes there and there's this Samaritan woman at the well there and he looks, he's looking, he's looking, he's always looking and he finds this woman and she's saved and her life is changed. But here's what hit me. What did he tell his followers after she was saved? What did he tell them? He said this right here. He says, I say to you, he's talking to the church today. He's talking to his followers. You need to open your eyes and look at the fields because they're ripe for harvest. Open your eyes, church. Open your eyes. Because there's a harvest around us that's ready to be harvested. He's telling the church today to open our eyes. I want to proclaim to you this morning that Christianity, friend, Christianity is always about looking for souls. Christianity is about looking for a harvest to reap. I want to tell you this morning that Christianity is not about you coming to church Sunday after Sunday and listening to some songs and listening to a sermon and then doing nothing. Christianity is about having a heart and looking for the lost so you can go out and do something to reach them and bring them into the harvest, bring them into the kingdom of God. God, help us today that we would have a heart that would always be looking for the lost, going after those that are on their way to hell. This is, this is a message for your pastor, that you would be willing to do whatever you need to do to go after those ones that are on their way to hell. going after the ones that are helpless and harassed, going after them so they can be saved and they can be changed. Aren't you grateful today that God can change people's lives? He can change them. I don't care how hopeless, how helpless, how harassed they may be, God can change them. He can change them. I pray that this church will always be looking for the harvest. I pray this pastor will always, always be looking for the harvest. I pray our pastoral staff will always be looking for the harvest. I pray our staff here will be looking for the harvest. I pray our council will always be looking for the harvest. I pray that we'll be looking for the harvest in our schools. We'll be looking for the harvest in our community. We'll be looking for the harvest all over this world because that is what God would do. That's his vision. How many of y'all have ever heard of this pastor... He wrote a book called Crazy Love. His name is Francis Chan. Raise your hand if you've heard of Francis Chan. This, this guy is unreal. 
I don't know if you've seen the things in the news about him recently, but uh, he had a mega church right here in the United States, a mega church. I mean, if anybody, if you want to see a picture of success as a pastor, this guy's got it on, going on. He's a mega, got a mega church, and he decides that God has spoke to him. He resigns, and he begins doing some things right here in the United States. But then recently, just in the last week or so, he comes out and makes this announcement. I don't know if you've heard about everything that's going on in Hong Kong, but we need to be praying for that place. Francis Chan said him and his wife, they feel called to leave the United States, and now they're going, they're going to Hong Kong because God's vision is their mission. God's vision is their mission, and they're looking for the lost in Hong Kong, and they're looking for the harvest there. God help us. God help us to be a church that will fulfill God's vision. Lord, help us that we'll be about the Father's business every day of our lives. I'm reminded of that every day I come to work here. You know why? Because when I'm pulling in, the Jehovah Witnesses are going out. You know what? They go out every day. They, they go out every day sharing false doctrine. They go out every day. We got Mormons that give up a year or two years of their life to go out and to share false doctrine. Willing to give up two years of their whole life to go out there and give something else that's false. And, and you got people leaving out every day here, going out and giving our community something that's false doctrine. And here we are, Christians, God's people who serve a risen and living Lord who know the truth of God's word and we won't even go across the road to our neighbor. We're scared to even open our mouth to the lady at the cash register. This message is for Jeff Dale. He's got a way of reminding me sometimes, don't you lose focus, son. Don't you lose focus. Here we are, God's people. And God is calling us to go out and make disciples, to go out and preach and to go out and make a difference. He tells us in his word to go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. I, here's what I believe today. You might better crank the car, I reckon. I don't know. I really believe that today that the mindset of most churches are that you know what, if there's anybody lost, call the pastor. He'll go do it. And you know what? The pastor will go do it. The pastor will do everything he can to go. And the staff will do the exact same thing. They'll go and do. But you know what? That is wrong thinking. You know that? That is wrong thinking. Everybody, every follower of Jesus Christ should be winning people to Jesus. I'm going to tell you one of the most disheartening things that ever happened to me. I know I've probably shared it from this platform before. Was receiving a call here uh, and it's happened more than once about, can you please go see so-and-so? Can you please go see so-and-so? I had it happen to me just about three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, I dropped the ball. I dropped the ball and she died. If that won't shake you, you got a lady call you and beg you to go by there and you forget God, forgive me. God, please forgive me. 
It's not somebody else's job. Every one of us, every one of us in here are accountable and we should be talking to people and we should know how to win people to Jesus. You don't need to call me. You just go and tell them about the Lord. Declare it to them. Declare the love of God. Give them that message. Every one of us. Listen, every usher in here should be winning people to Jesus. Every, every choir member should be out there winning people to Jesus. Our kids' church workers should be everywhere winning people to Jesus. Here's what I'm saying. Every single one of us should be leading people to Christ. I heard Tony Evans say this. It's stuck with me for some time. You're not following if you're not fishing. If you say I'm a follower of Christ and you're not fishing, I wonder if you're really a follower of Christ. We should be able to win people to Jesus, every one of us. We should be looking for the lost, open our eyes to the field because it's urgent. It's urgent. It's urgent. God, please forgive me. We need to labor for the lost. Pastor Kevin, just come help me, sir, please. We need to be people who labor. We need to be people who labor in prayer. Are you praying for your lost family? Are you praying? Are you praying? Are you just complaining? Are you just complaining? They, won't, they just don't ever get it right. They don't ever do like they're supposed to do. All you can do is just nag about them, complain about them. What are you doing? I didn't ask you to nag or complain. I asked you to pray. Man, you need to pray for your pastor. God, help me, please. Help me not to be mad at nobody, God. Help me to pray for him. I want to just share this one last verse, and I'm just going to open up the altar and let's pray. This won't cut through you here in a minute. I don't know what will. Proverbs 10:5. He who gathers crops in the summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps during the harvest is a disgraceful son. I wonder how many of us are sleeping. Family and friends about to bust hell wide open, but we're sleeping. God, wake me up, wake me up, wake me up. 
Whatever you need to do in me, God, do it. Just wake me up. Wake me up. Because I don't want to be a disgrace. I don't want to be a disgrace. I don't want this church to be a disgrace. Wake up. It's harvest time. Wake up. Go to work. Go to work. Go to work. We go to work, friend. We go to work because Jesus is coming back. We go to work because hell is real. We go to work because the Bible tells us to go to work. Go to work. How many of you want to obey God? If you want to obey God, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm ashamed to even tell you this. I hadn't won anybody to the Lord personally one-on-one in the last month or so. There's been people to come to the altar and give their life to Christ, but I hadn't been there one-on-one to win anybody to Christ. What are you doing, Jeff? Wake up. Stand with me, please. How many of you have lost people in your life right now you want to see them saved? How many of you want to be a laborer and go out there and win this harvest? Come on, come on. Here's what I'm asking you to do. If you if you got the next few minutes, can you just come to the altar right now and let's bring those lost loved ones and let's pray for them. Can we pray for lost and pray for laborers right now? Would you join me at the altar and just ask God to give us a love and to help us to look and to help us to labor uh, to reach those people that are lost today. Would you be willing to come today and say, that's me. I want to reach the harvest. I want to be a part of reaching the harvest in these last days. And I want to be a soul winner for the kingdom of God. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We got plenty of room. Make room here around the altar. Make room around the altar. Make room around the altar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't don't listen. It's your family. It's your friends. It's everyone around you right now that you can show love to them through action and through your words. We got the greatest message of all. Listen, you may be here lost today, friend. You may be here away from God. He will save you if you'll just call on Him today. We got just a few more people coming. Let's let's give them some time to get here to the altar. And let's pray. We're going to pray for lost souls. We're going to pray for laborers. Lord... Oh, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us as a church, God, if we've got our eyes off the main thing. Forgive me as the pastor, God, if I've got my eyes off the wrong, onto the wrong thing, God. I need you right now to forgive me, God. Forgive me. And God, as we pray right now, we pray around this altar, God. We pray for our loved ones, God. Lord, I pray for my family. I pray, God, for my friends. I, God, I lift them up to you. Holy Spirit, move in their heart. Move, God. Move in their life, God. Lord, open up their eyes, God. Open up their eyes, God. And they would see you, God. And they would begin to cry out to you, God. I'm believing salvation to come. Salvation come to my loved ones, God. And God, I pray right now, Lord, that they would be saved. I'm claiming right now. I'm claiming in the name of Jesus that they would be saved. Be saved. Be saved. Be saved. Send somebody to them, God. Send somebody to them, God, that can be a witness to them, Lord.
Oh, God, I pray right now. God, I pray for children, God. I pray for teenagers, God. I pray for women. I pray for men that are away from you, God. Reach them right now, God. Reach them for your glory. Hallelujah. God Almighty, may repentance come to their heart today, God. Holy Spirit, wake them up. Wake up the church, God. Make us laborers. Come on, church, right now, just ask God to make you a laborer. Ask God to make you a laborer. Ask God to make you a laborer, God. I want to be a soul winner, God. I want to be somebody that can reach the harvest, God. Help me today to have your love. Help me to have your eyes, God. Help me to labor, God, in prayer, God. Help me to work, God, in reaching them, God. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' holy name, 